0: Where does evil come from? And if God is good, why does He allow it to exist? We'll explore those questions and more today in episode 27 of Adventology entitled The Defeat of the Dragon. Welcome to Adventology, the podcast dedicated to helping you find answers to the big questions of life so that you can live a life of influence that ultimately impacts the world for eternity. Each week, we will explore a different chapter in the story of humanity that centers around Jesus Christ and culminates at its second coming. Whether you know Jesus already, or are simply curious about what the Bible has to say about the end of the world, this podcast has something for you. Here now is the host of Adventology, Travis Walker. Have you ever noticed how much we have sterilized the modern telling of the Christmas story? For most of us, Christmas is a time of year when we want to think about what is good in the world and forget about the bad. We give a little more, go to church a little more often, and spend more time with our extended family than at any other time during the year. It is generally a time of celebration, vacation, and relaxation. Who wants to be reminded of the dark side of the Christmas story in a time like this? I can't blame you if you're one of those people. If I'm honest with myself, I would have to admit I am like that too. More often than not, I've airbrushed over the unsightly details. And what are those details, you might be wondering? The fact that no one was ready for Jesus before he was born? The fact that hardly any went looking for Jesus after he was born? The fact that it took the inquiry of outsiders, magi from the east to be exact, to draw their attention to the prophecies surrounding his birth? Yes, and it was the Jews' response to those prophecies that are the most troubling to me. The wise men believed them. The wicked ruler King Herod believed them. But the religious leaders themselves did not. They took the laissez-faire wait-and-see approach. However, the inquiry of the wise men set off some unsavory events that we rarely make mention of when telling the Christmas story. Someone wanted the young Jesus dead. Yes, of course, it was Herod the king, but who or what was the spirit behind the death decree? To understand that, we must go back to the book of Revelation. In fact, starting in Revelation chapter 12, in verse 1, we read, Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of twelve stars. Then, being with child, she cried out in labor and pain to give birth. And another sign appeared in heaven Behold, a great fiery red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven diadems on his heads. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. She bore a male child who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up to God and his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness, where she is a place prepared by God that they should feed her there 1,260 days. So who is this dragon? If you remember, in episode 25, we introduced the dragon as a member of the counterfeit trinity. If you haven't listened, I encourage you to stop now and go back and listen to that episode. In that study, we discovered that the dragon was the counterfeit father figure in Revelation 13, but we didn't go into much detail beyond that. However, in Revelation 12, we get a much more specific description starting in verse 7. We read, and war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So now we can see that the dragon is in fact who we assumed he was the devil. Otherwise known as Satan. And we can also see that the third of the stars that he drew down from heaven were, in fact, other angels who were cast out with him in his rebellion against God. Now we can see the curtain being drawn back, in a sense, from what is happening in the invisible spirit realm that surrounds us. Good and evil are, in fact, embedded in the spiritual conflict happening all around us on a daily basis. Paul said it like this to his letter to the Ephesians, "...put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places." There is no way to truly understand the book of Revelation without a thorough understanding of this matter. The war that started in heaven has come down to this earth, and we are its casualties. Every day we see the result of this battle played out in our own life and the world around us. And according to the Bible, we cannot resist the devil without the armor of God protecting us. But who was Satan before he became the great adversary of God and the dragon here on earth? Well, Scripture tells us in Ezekiel chapter 28, starting in verse 12. You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardis, the topaz, and diamond, and beryl, and onyx, and jasper, sapphire, and turquoise, and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you in the day that you were created. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day that you were created till iniquity was found in you. You see, friend, the yin and the yang are not an eternal symbol of truth because light is not dependent on darkness for balance. There was a time when there was only light. The source of darkness and the root of sin was not created as such by God. God did not create evil, nor did he sanction it. In fact, we are told that before his rebellion, the devil was in fact a covering cherub in heaven. This means he stood closest to God and was in fact the first and most powerful created being in the universe. So where did sin and darkness come from then? Well, its presence is a mystery. In fact, the Bible refers to it as the mystery of lawlessness. But we can know, in fact, what its fruit ultimately produced in the life of this fallen angel. In the book of Isaiah, we read in chapter 14, starting in verse 12, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning! How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations! For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farther sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. As you can see, the rebellion ultimately comes down to control. Am I happier when I have complete control in my own life, independent of God and His laws? Or am I happier when I give up control to the God who made me and trust His plan for my life over my own reasoning? This is the dilemma that every being of intelligence faced in heaven, and it's still the dilemma we must all choose between here on earth. Who? Is telling the truth you see the devil claimed that independence from God is freedom he claimed that if we were in charge everyone would be happier because everyone could do what they wanted to do all the time whenever they wanted to do it his law was centered on self I will ascend into heaven I will exalt myself I will sit on the throne The problem with the Devil's philosophy, though, was that everyone who followed it would naturally covet that which he coveted himself, and there would be an endless fight for ultimate control among those who sided with him, which would require force to keep in order. For as we all know, only one can sit on the throne at a time. This should sound familiar with those of us in touch with the recent pop culture obsession behind HBO's drama series, Game of Thrones. Whether the producers of the series realized it or not, they produced a series that perfectly illustrated the principles advocated by Lucifer's Rebellion. Power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Without the Spirit of God pricking the conscience of man, one can only imagine how much darker this world would be than it already is. That mini series provided a glimpse. The truth is, when God is taken off the throne, then it becomes an open seat for would-be gods to fight for. And this is at the heart of the lie that Lucifer told the angels in heaven to convince a third of them to join him, and that ultimately convinced Adam and Eve. We read in Genesis chapter 3, starting in verse 4, Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. And you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And the moment we thought we had become God, we immediately began using whatever power we could get a hold of to rule over one another. The first human to die didn't die by natural means. He died because he was murdered by his brother. And why did Cain murder his brother Abel? Because he wanted to control him. And when he couldn't control him, he killed him instead. This is the spirit that still holds sway in the world today. The law of the jungle is the law of sin. So what was God to do? Would he choose to fight sin and Satan by the law of the jungle they had created? Or would he choose to fight it through the law of love? You see, this is the thing most people don't understand about God because the law of the jungle is so ingrained in us Many people, when they read this story, immediately ask, Why didn't God just destroy the devil immediately after he sinned? Why did he allow him to spread his lies in heaven and ultimately down here on earth? Why has he allowed this great controversy to engulf the world and even, to a certain degree, the entire universe? And this is the reason. The reason is that if God had simply destroyed the devil the mystery of lawlessness still would have existed in many people's minds. Questions that could only be answered as sin was allowed to run its course would have remained and festered in the minds of all until it overtook the universe like a cancer. In allowing the devil to live, God has allowed the devil to demonstrate once and for all what is the result of choosing to go down the pathway of self-exaltation. Instead of showing his power in heaven, God chose to empty himself of it through the person of Jesus Christ. Not only would Jesus disprove the accusations of the devil by coming and living a sinless life here on earth, but he would also redeem that which Satan had stolen through deception. Notice in the letter to Ephesians chapter 2 starting in verse 5 what Paul says, Have this mind among you, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God as a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This is an important scripture for many reasons. Chiefly, we can see the humility of Christ juxtaposed with the pride of the devil. The devil lifted himself up to oppose God and Jesus lowered himself down to oppose Satan. Satan thought he could defeat God through his strength and Jesus turned around and defeated the devil through his weakness. This is the great paradox found in scripture and is also the secret behind the success in our battle with Satan in the great controversy. We must go down first before we can go up. And this is is the story of Christmas. This is the reason Jesus came as a babe. This is the reason that Satan, the dragon, tried to kill him through the decree of Herod the Great. But he couldn't do it until Jesus had completed his mission to show the world the character of the Father. The character of the one who we are in rebellion against is not what we have been told by the devil. Not even close. Through his life, Christ revealed that true contentment, true happiness, is found in surrender. Surrender of the will and surrender of the life to God. But one day, time did come for Jesus to give himself up. Not to the dragon, but to God on the cross to die the death we all deserve to die. It was only after Jesus debased himself in response to the devil exalting himself that total victory over sin and Satan was won forever. On the cross, Jesus cried out, It is finished. And it was. The moment the head of Jesus fell on his chest was the moment the dragon knew he had been exposed and who he truly was before the entire universe. When Jesus rose from the grave and ascended back to heaven, scripture tells us he led captivity captive. He conquered sin and the grave. Through his blood, he purchased the whole world and is now sitting on the right hand of God in heaven as the rightful heir, and it is there that he began his heavenly ministry. Revelation tells us what all heaven cried out, saying, Now salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come For the accuser of our brethren Who accused them before our God Day and night has been cast down They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and By the word of their testimony And they did not love their lives to the death Therefore rejoice, O heavens And you who dwell in them and Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea For the devil has come down to you Having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. Now when the dragon saw they had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. You see, the good news of Jesus Christ is bad news for the dragon. His defeat means that he is angrier than ever. His days are numbered, and since he can no longer touch Christ, who has ascended to heaven, he turns his attention to the woman who gave birth to the child. No, this is not referring to Mary. This is referring to the church of God, the bride of Christ. And what he could do to Christ no longer, he now does to the woman. He persecutes her. But how? That is the question that is answered in Revelation 13. The beast and the false prophet become the primary agents for the persecution of the church. And in our next episode, we'll explore the mystery of the beast in Revelation 13 through the help of history and Daniel the prophet once again. And I can't wait to study it with you. For now, though, I can't help but come back to a closing meditation on the life of Christ. He is the true gift of heaven. There is no gift you could ever receive that would match the value of the incarnate God of the universe coming into this world as a babe more than 2,000 years ago. His birth, his life, and his death speak to the humility of the great God of heaven. God of love who refused to force anyone to bow down to him, even his enemies, and instead wins the heart through love and truth. So when you think going your own way will make you the happiest, just take a look at the devil, the dragon, the fallen angel, Lucifer, and ask yourself, what has happened to the love and joy and peace that used to radiate out of his heart? What has going their own way, independent of God, ever gotten anyone in the end? True happiness in life comes from true obedience to God and his arms are outstretched for you today, just as they were when he was nailed to the cross. Won't you reach out to him and grab hold of his hand? Won't you fall on his feet so that he can lift you up? As the Apostle James reminds us, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. Thanks for listening to this episode of Adventology. Our goal in this podcast is for you to be ready for Jesus. And the best way to be ready for Jesus is to spend time getting to know Him. Knowing Jesus is everything. And that is why we spent the time today studying the origin of evil. But don't just take my word for it. Study it out for yourself. For a hands-on experience, I encourage you to check out our website, adventology.com where you can get a transcript of today's episode along with any of the previous episodes we've already published. Also, if you've been blessed by this podcast, I encourage you to remember us in your giving this holiday season and be sure to share the episodes you've most enjoyed with the people who mean most to you. All right, well, I enjoyed our time together today and look forward to seeing you back here on the next episode of Adventology. Until then... Maranatha.